0: Welcome to Have Hope, will Travel. I'm your host, Katie Axelson. It is good to be with you, my friends. Even if we can't actually travel, we can still have hope. And so this week, let's talk a little bit about what it means to worship. Because 2020 has shifted what worship means for most of us. And it's continuing to shift. We've spent months now worshiping alone in our living rooms. And as grateful as I am for technology, It's just not the same. And if I'm being completely honest, I'm struggling with it. And I know I'm not alone in that because 2020 has felt like an attack on worship and a lot of churches have played the victim card. They feel like victims because we can't meet like we used to. We can't sing like we used to. We can't greet each other with a hug like we used to. We can't fill in the blank like we used to. For better or for worse, church cannot look like what it has looked like in the past. But the coronavirus cannot stop us from worshiping the God who is worthy of our worship. Here in Minnesota, at least right now when I'm recording this, our churches are open again. I've been a few times, but I'll be completely honest, it's different. Everyone's required to wear a mask, but not everyone understands quite what it means to wear a mask. So when I show up to worship, I find myself incredibly distracted by the things that are happening around me. The masks with valves. Did you know valves were designed to let the air out of a mask? The bandanas pulled over their noses, but nothing holding it down at the bottom. That's still going to move if you sneeze or cough. Or how about those that aren't wearing masks over their noses? That's not quite how that works. Or I see face shields as a replacement for a mask. If you sneeze, you're still going to make a mess. Or what about the people who pull them down when they get close to somebody else so that they can talk? I think that defeats the point. So I spend my worship time paying attention to what the people are doing around me rather than focusing on God. And their choices affect me, don't get me wrong, but that's not why I'm at church. I'm at church to worship and worship is the act of encountering God. And if I'm not doing that in a church building, I need to look at my own heart. Did you know Christians didn't start gathering in churches until the Constantine era? Constantine became a Christian, and he looked around the cities, and he said, there are a bunch of pagan buildings. The Christians don't have a place to gather. Why don't we build Christian churches? And so he built something like 12 of them. And then he said, I don't know how to name these buildings, because all the pagan buildings were named after the gods that were worshipped at that particular building. So they decided to name them after the apostles. So we got St. Paul, St. John, St. Jones, St. Jones. That's not an apostle. Christians used to gather in homes and now they've got these buildings. But that's not the same necessarily as encountering God. And fellowship is important and fellowship is good. But unfortunately, fellowship is one of the things that we can't really partake in right now in a way that's nourishing to our souls. So what does it look like to focus on encountering God when everything that we knew about worship last year, has changed. If you've been around for a while, you may have heard me teach about the seven different ways to encounter God. This concept comes from a teaching that I heard from a professor named Ron Walborn. There are seven different ways to encounter God. The artist, the servant, the naturalist, the experiential, the intellectual, also called the student, the intercessor, and the relationalist. The artist encounters God in beauty. He or she encounters God making art, enjoying beautiful buildings. They are the architecture people. They are the city people. They love beautiful things. They're drawn into the presence of the Lord when they walk into a cathedral. The servant or the activist encounters God by serving. This individual encounters God when their hands are dirty, when they are serving in a soup kitchen, when they are Washing the feet of the least of these. These are the people who are changing the world. Actively. Every day. Because that's how they encounter God. The naturalists are the easiest for me to find. Because they go stir-crazy in about 12 seconds flat. They are the ones who just want to get outside. If you're looking for a naturalist, might I suggest the top of the tree? They're the hammock owners. The intellectualists... This is usually where I fall. We encounter the Lord by deep diving scripture. We wanna look at the Greek. We wanna read the Bible in different translations. We wanna understand the cultural context. We crave knowledge, especially as it relates to the Bible. The intercessors are your prayer warriors. They're the ones who get alone with God and ours disappear because they've been in constant conversation with him. And the relationalists encounter God through one another. They're the extroverts. They're the ones who want to meet with people all day, all the time. They cannot stop talking to other people or listening to other people's stories. The experiential is what most people are these days. And so it's what most churches cater towards. They are the loud worship music, hands up in the air, praise God experiential. They're the ones who love to travel. They experience God by going to different places. None of these ways are bad, and none of these ways are better than others. In different seasons of life, we meet with the Lord differently. So as you're listening, you may have thought, oh, that one definitely resonates with me, or oh, that one does not resonate with me. Or maybe you've thought, huh, I've done all of them. Let the concept sink in. Because when you run into seasons where it's hard to encounter the Lord, maybe the way that you're used to meeting with him isn't working. And you need to try something new. And that's the season that we're in right now. Because the experiential, the loud worshipers, don't have the ability to worship in the way that they prefer. And that's really hard. So regardless of which worship style resonates most with you, I have the same question for you. What does it look like for you to get into the presence of Jesus these days? I'm not going to pretend like worship is always easy, but regardless of the circumstances of our life, worship is always the instructions that we have. We are called to worship God in every season, not just the seasons when we can go to church, not just the seasons when it's easy. Right now, many of us can't go to church. And for a lot of us right now, life is not easy. Life is anything but easy. The good news is, that we're in good company. The Israelites didn't exactly find life easy when they were in Egypt. They didn't exactly find life easy when they were in exile. Or let's look at Job. He lost literally everything, and still he chose to worship. David, he wrote a lot of the Psalms, and 70% of the Psalms are Psalms of Lament. There's a whole separate book about lamenting. It's called Lamentations. I know that was tricky. Or what about Paul? He writes a lot of letters of the New Testament while he's in jail. And Jesus? Jesus still worships, even in the Garden of Gethsemane. Even when he knows his death is on the horizon. Even when he's sweating blood. Even as he's crying out, Father, if it's your will, make this cup pass from me. He's still worshiping. So as we look at this season, as hard as 2020 has been, the question is, how are we worshiping? How are we encountering God? And how are we responding to the hard circumstances and hard situations that we're finding ourselves in? It's okay to be mad at God. It's okay to push back. It's okay ask hard questions. It's okay to fight to enter into his presence. It's okay that things are changing. And to be honest, it's okay to fake it sometimes. Many months ago, back when we were allowed to worship in churches freely without concern of masks or physical distancing, I ran into a ministry leader at my church. He was from a different ministry no one in the congregation knew him except me. And I caught him out of the corner of my eye a couple times during the service. And he sat with his arms crossed over his chest with a skeptical look on his face. And I know this ministry leader well enough to know that what was being preached probably aligns with his theology. There wasn't something that was happening in the church that was sacrilegious or that had poor theology. And I don't know what this ministry leader was going through in his life. So I passed no judgments on his sour attitude, except that it affected my worship. Because every time I caught him out of the corner of my eye, I wanted to pull back. I wanted to bring my hands down. I wanted to sit down and cross my arms over my chest. I wanted to be skeptical. Because his sour attitude was affecting my ability to encounter the Lord it's not right but it was happening so as I'm praying and as I'm worshiping I'm talking to the Lord about this and I'm intentionally not looking in the direction where I see this other ministry leader sitting and I came to the conclusion that some days I too have a bad attitude I could pass no judgment on this particular leader because I have spent many many hours sitting in churches with my arms crossed over my chest, taking them for granted. That probably won't happen again after 2020. Who am I kidding? Yes, I'm sure it will. I've spent that time with my arms crossed over my chest, skeptical of what was happening, unwilling to engage in what was happening, too mad at God to try to even raise a song of praise. I've been there. But I wasn't there that day. And that ministry leader was. And it was making it hard for me to meet with God. And I decided on that day that even when I'm cranky, even when it's hard for me to meet with God, I don't want my body language to show that. Because I don't want somebody else to have a hard time meeting with God because of my sour attitude. I don't want to prevent somebody else from being able to worship because the Lord and I have some things that we need to deal with. It's okay to have things that you need to deal with with the Lord It's okay to have conversations with people and say, hey, this is really hard. But when I'm in a corporate worship setting, or when I'm in a leadership setting, I want my body to present itself to the Lord. My heart often follows. But even if just my body worships the Lord, may others around me worship him as well. May they too feel escorted into the presence of the Lord because my hands are in the air instead of crossed over my chest. And that's hard for me, because to be honest, my favorite worship style is not the experiential. When I first heard the teaching of the seven different worship styles, to be honest, I didn't like it. Because everyone else who was with me was experiential. And their hands are in the air, and they're jumping, and they're praising, and they're singing, and I'm like, this is boring. I didn't feel like I fit in. And I've learned to be okay with that. But I've also learned that there's power in showing up, even if it's physically just showing up. So after that day at church, I texted one of my friends who is an experiential worshiper. He is a loud worshiper. And I said, hey, this happened. And this is what I decided. And I want to know, on days when it's hard for me to worship the Lord, can I borrow your worship style until I have the faith to go with it? And of course he said yes. So on days when it's hard for me to worship, I borrow this friend's worship style until my faith follows and goes with it. And I lean on his faith on the days when I can't stand on my own because we all have days when it's hard to stand on our own faith. And we all have days when we struggle with questions. Two weeks ago, we heard Casey share some of the questions that he wrestles with. Some of the things that make him have a hard time believing the teachings of Jesus. And I hope that you spent some time with the Lord wrestling with those questions as well. Because they're good questions, and they're hard questions. And some of those questions don't have answers. And frankly, I'm okay with that. Because I don't want to believe in a God that I can understand. Because if I can understand him, I don't have a need for him. If I can understand God, I can be my own God. And that's a terrifying thought. I do not want to be God. I am not qualified for that job. Which means there are going to be things I don't understand. Just like there are things that my leadership say at work, decisions that they make that I don't understand. And I need to trust the Lord. I can tell him I don't like his choices. I can tell him I'm mad at him. He's a big boy. He can handle that. He can handle your tears, he can handle your anger, he can handle your wrestling, and he can handle your admission of, Jesus, it's really hard for me to worship right now. I told him that when I was at church the last time. Jesus, it's really hard for me to worship right now because of the mask situation happening around me. But you know what? When we see Jesus pray in scripture, he doesn't pray the problem. He prays the promises of God. Carlos Whitaker said that. But it's true. Look at Jesus feeding the 5,000. He prays and thanks God for the food. And then he distributes the five loaves and two fishes. He prays the promises of God. And one of the promises of God is that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us when we can't pray for ourselves. Our yearnings and our groanings, and our frustrations, and our anger, and our hurt, and our victim attitude, and all of those things that we just can't put into words, the Holy Spirit turns into a way that the Lord can understand. I'm not even going to say that they're words, because I don't know how the Godhead communicates with itself, but it's understood. So as you're struggling to worship these days, as you really don't want to turn on the computer one more time, as you're hesitant to show up because your car is hot or because you're not sure if everyone's wearing masks or because you're not sure if it's safe, that's not the goal. The goal is to be escorted into the presence of God. And so what is it going to take to get there? Maybe it's going to take a road trip. Maybe you need to drive outside of the city and sit in a field or sit on the side of the road sit in a parking lot go to a park walk around it's okay to encounter the Lord while while you're by yourself the Lord still meets you there even if it's just you maybe you need to turn off the internet Silence the voices, silence the social media, silence the newsreels. Let the scary headlines just go. And maybe you just need to sit with the Lord. Maybe you need to serve. It's hard to do that in person right now, but I bet there are opportunities. Connect with some of your local inner city ministries and see how you can help. Maybe it involves showing up. Maybe it involves some online work. I'm sure there's some administrative work somebody needs help with. Talk to the people in your world and ask how you can love them. Talk to your friends who are unemployed and say, hey, can I bring you dinner? Hey, can I watch your kids? Hey, can I do your laundry? Whatever it's gonna take, offer it. Ask them what they need. If you're relational, I know it's hard to not sit at a coffee shop right now. I felt it myself. There have been many, many times I've wanted to invite friends out to coffee, and I can't. But I can FaceTime them. I can connect with them. I can make sure that they know that they are prayed for and they are loved. And to be honest, I wonder if the relationalists are thriving right now. Because they're no longer stuck to their local community. I've talked to my friends across the country way more in this last season than I have in the last several years. I was due to have a family reunion this year with some of my friend family. We're 45 people coming literally from four or five different continents. Needless to say, that's not safe. So we turned our reunion into digital. And instead of just being a week, we're connecting every month. It's the chance to get together and to say, hey, this is hard. It's the chance to get together and say, hey, I miss you. It's the chance to get together and just be who we are without having to worry about if there are tears or if we're cranky or if our kids are interrupting or if our phone falls in the pool. Not that that happened. It's a chance to be together. Artists, there are some really great stock photos on the internet. There are probably also some really pretty places in your own city that you haven't explored. Figure out what's safe to do based on your own regulations and your own comfort level. And then meet with the Lord. Take your journal with you. Sit outside a building and stare at it. Don't be creepy. The Lord will meet you there. The Lord will honor the effort that you've got. Even if it's just... A crying out of saying, I don't know how to do this. It's okay not to know. And it's okay to ask him, what should I do? And then to try whatever he suggests. Do it for the glory of God. Do it for the sake of honoring him. Fight to get into his presence. My friends, I'm here with you. Because I know this is hard. Because I know that attending church right now is not worshipful for me. We've already talked about that. Because I know that I need to fight to get into the presence of the Lord and I know that I'm not the only one. So let's fight together. We've put together some new resources to help you fight to get into the presence of the Lord. You can find them at katieaxelson.com. They're simple things like conversation starters, so you can have conversations like we had with Casey last week. There are lock screens for on your phone so that you can have that constant reminder right in front of you. Maybe you set a reminder on your phone to go off every couple of hours, to just take a moment to breathe. We've created resources like worksheets to help you start conversations with the Lord because we know that this journey is far from over and we know that we're still in this together. So, pop over to katieaxelson.com and let the Lord meet you there. These things are all under the resources tab. We would love to help you have hope, even on hard days, even on days when we can't travel. Let's pretend you and I are sitting down for a cup of coffee and let's see what the Lord does. Because I love you, my friend. And I know that the Lord loves you too, even if his love is really hard to see right now if we haven't connected yet katieaxelson.com is the best resource for you k-a-t-i-e-a-x-e-l-s-o-n you can find me on Instagram as well I try to make sure the content I'm posting there is going to escort you into the presence of Jesus maybe it'll make you laugh Mikey Wednesday is kind of a favorite of mine and of course Have Hope Will Travel is here for you every other Monday We'll see you again in two weeks. We've got a friend joining us. Be blessed, my friends. Be loved. And do what it takes to fight to be in the presence of the Lord.